Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast created weekly for you by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. Here you can find everything you ever wanted to know about Talker United. You can find the podcast in the Talker United section of devonlive.com or you can subscribe to us in iTunes or at Acast. Welcome along to another lockdown podcast on a sun-kissed day on the English Riviera. We hope this finds you well. Uh, Plenty to talk about this week, despite the fact that we haven't got any talk of United football. Um, We'll be talking to uh, Gary Johnson in a few moments. Richard's been chatting to Gary about all things football, been talking about regionalisation, been talking about the return to training and the return of the Bundesliga, which has at least given us some football to watch this week. Then we move on to the podcast, which is uh, the letter J comes up in the A to Z of Playmore this week. And that means uh, a lot of players, Rodney Jack, of course, comes up in the letter J and uh, and the Brothers Johnson. The Brothers Johnson. Not those Brothers Johnson. Listen in first as Richard chats to Gary Johnson. I think we've got a a bit to talk about this week because obviously... um... League Two has, has decided to, to, to end, and uh, where does that leave the National League, really? Well, exactly. It gives us you know, still more questions yeah. um, than answers. But, uh, you know, I, I, you would have thought, uh, if we were you know, in the alignment with the Football League and the EFL, um, then it would be normal, you know, where, you know, teams would go up and teams would come down. But mm. unfortunately there seems to be no trap door at the moment for although they haven't quite agreed it yet, but uh, but they have intimated that there'd be no relegation. So of course if there's no relegation um from the second division, that means there's only one place up in the second division for whether it be Barrow, you know, they seem to be taking People that have got the that are already in the positions mm. all through the football league, so you know it would stand a reason then that Barrow would go up. But then, unfortunately, there'd be no no playoffs needed um, because they won't need a, another team. So that will be um, you know that looks like it could be the case. But again, we don't know yet. Um, yeah, but it indeed. just makes all all the other conversations that have gone on previously a bit null and void because you know we were asked our opinions we were asked to vote on things you know what I mean and it seems that it's come down to we've got to, you know we, we've got to listen to other people to see what they do first and whether we put our argument forward or not as a national league I don't know um, I would like to think so but uh, you know the, the, well, these clubs are holding on to their players um, you know, through the, the furlough at the moment, in the hope that uh, they're going to play in a playoff situation of for the second for the second team to go up. But uh, they're still very much in the dark, and uh, you know, don't know when they're going to be training yet. I think we'll know a little bit more as we speak. I think that the meeting's on uh, it's tomorrow, okay, uh, Wednesday. <laughs> so by the time this goes out, maybe we'll know a little bit more. Um, there was a, an interesting piece in the Mail on Sunday by uh, um, a, 
I can't remember his name now, but one, a decent writer, who suggested there's been talks... Um, Not a famous one, then. Yeah, there he is. Like, just, you, just, can't, you can't remember his I name. I can't remember his name. <laughs> I've sat behind him in a press box as well. Um, okay, oh, you didn't tap him on the shoulder because you wouldn't have known his name. I uh, know. Anyway, <laughs> um, oh, God, that's going to annoy me now. Um, <laughs> he suggested that there had been talks between, about forming a kind of um, North and South League Two, incorporating the National League. I don't know if you heard about that. What, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, when I... When I it's, uh, it's your idea, they, basically, isn't it? Well, exactly. <laughs> well, it, I mean, the idea that I didn't like, because when they were talking about a North and South, I thought they were talking about, um, you know, like a, a regional one in, from the National League down. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I thought there'd be, you know, not, uh, part-time clubs along with full-time clubs, yeah. and that would take us backwards yeah. a few years. You know, after you know getting the national league as close as, as, as at the moment to the football league. But you know, when you look at the teams in the, in the north and the south, um, you know, they'd all be professional teams, um, and it looks it looks great. It's good for us and the national teams because it looks like. We have been promoted, and that's what I have been saying. You know, I've been trying to get us all promoted for the last eight weeks. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Um, but you know, what? What? I don't know who's made that up or where it's come from, but uh, it certainly looked good to us. Whether it looks good for the teams, let's say, like a, a Plymouth, if you like, that are just about, you know, going to be. I've got chances to go into the first division properly. And all of a sudden they just miss out, and then all of a sudden they're playing teams, you know, from the conference yeah. that they left behind a little while ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I'm not sure they've ever been in. The no, conference, they've never been in the conference. No, you're right. No, I know what you mean. You yeah, they'll suddenly be yeah. playing teams that they maybe feel a bit above, if you know what I mean. But that's right. No, I think that's that's right. You know, they've worked hard to get to. It. So it, it just depends on who said it. You know, there's a lot of things being muted because. There's always so much time between these meetings of these people. What are they doing? Mm. <laughs> why, why, why can't they uh, have a meeting every 10 minutes? You know what I mean? Surely their businesses are all shut down for a little while. But, uh, you know, and what are they doing in between? Uh, you know, it's always sort of seems to be six or seven days in between meetings. Yeah. But, uh, so, anyway, we're waiting for the one on Wednesday. But, but that, that looked good to me. Um, you know, that one, I, 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 funny enough, I just saw it this morning. And um, you know, it's uh, it would be that would be be very good for our fans because there'd be a lot of sort of local derbies and that. But yeah. I can't see that happening. I just couldn't see it. So it's a little bit pipe dream for teams like ourselves, as far as uh, the teams that would be in that uh, division south. But but you think there needs to be some kind of restructuring, whether it's that or, or not? Well, I I I think they'll try and keep it. As it more or less as it is, but they just got to you know put the jigsaw puzzle into place yeah. to not you know and and find something that is the least uh, disappointing to to some teams. You know what I mean? Now I think you know, they're going to disappoint some teams anyway, whatever they come up with. You know, and I, I think maybe they're looking for a, an answer where you know they they don't upset. 
as many teams as they could with another decision. <laughs> it's uh, it's amazing. It's human nature, I think, our human nature thing. So nobody wants to ruin a football club or stop a football club, you know, uh, that's been doing well and that deserves something, get something. But there's always a loser, and uh, we'll have to see who those losers are when um, when the you know the real uh, idea of what's going to go on comes out. Yeah, indeed. Um, any, any news from in, within the club, or is it just a case of waiting? No, unfortunately, just just a case of, of waiting. We could have, you know, we could have uh, taped this, couldn't we, eight weeks ago <laughs> and kept done, the yeah. same story for yeah. eight weeks. So you've done well just to sort of rejiggle the questions. <laughs> well done, mate. Thank you. Uh, but no, but I mean, it does look like there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, you know, with the Bundesliga going on and did you um, did you watch the games the I did. Weekend? I, yeah so did I yeah, yeah. I did I just enjoyed the live football sort of yeah, thing you know yeah. and I know there wasn't any crowd or anything but and they they didn't look exactly like it had the real bit between their teeth sort of thing you know um maybe that was because of the passion of the crowd wasn't quite quite there but um no, I enjoyed it because it was it, it gave us hope, didn't it? And, and again, that's another word I've used so many times. Mm. That uh, now it, you know, it gives us a bit of hope that that football can start again. The Premier League had now said that the boys can train, albeit self isolating, and you know, like uh, I don't know how many pitches these uh, <laughs> these clubs have got. Yeah. It's supposed to be one on one on one pitch. Bloody hell! You know what I mean? We'd have to. We'd have to. We can't find. To train on. Well, you'd have one player down in Sherwell Valley and one one player up at King George, and uh... yeah, we, exactly, we'd be travelling right up to Bristol. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, there's not many sort of grass areas around as we found. But um, anyway, so yeah, so that sort of gives us a little bit of hope that may, maybe soon it's certainly getting closer. Yeah, and and the closer it gets, you know, the more sort of excited you get that maybe the season. Um, will begin. I mean, for our <clears throat> for our league, we need the season to start with crowds. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, you yeah. know, I think I don't think there's many clubs uh, in the national league that can really afford to put matches on without supporters. Yeah. So we may have to start a little bit later if that's what they say they've got to. I mean. For me, if we could stream the games, you know, although that don't make you money, but it gets your supporters obviously watching, watching the games. I don't think that's as finance uh, financially um, better than you know how much you would actually make from that. I don't mm. know. Mm. It certainly won't be as much as if there's a crowd in. <clears throat> so for me, I, I'd like to play in, in front of our supporters, um, even if it takes sort of like a few weeks longer. Yeah. Okay. And uh, after watching the German football, are you, uh, are you putting in a bid for Erling Erling uh, Haaland? <laughs> you nearly forgot his name. I did. I've got well, it's written in front of me. I'm, I'm, up, I'm having a mare today, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got my name right. Yeah. Well, no, mate, yeah. I'm happy with that. Um, yeah. No, listen. There's some you know, <laughs> excellent players in there in that German league, and yeah, yeah we'd love to. But um, <laughs> you know, we might have to look a little bit lower down there. Their leagues <laughs> for, their, for some players, but no, but I did enjoy it, and uh, it was good that it came back. Yeah, no, it, it was it was a nice Philip, wasn't it? Really, to, to sit back yeah. and watch that. Yeah, we just cross our fingers now that you know nobody gets COVID 
you know, in the Bundesliga, yeah. and then all of a sudden everybody panics again. And but uh, you know, we we all still want it safe, don't we? Yeah. You know, as we, you look, uh, even now with the Premier League, there's still you know Premier League boys, and I'm sure football league boys that are going to be maybe starting training next week. Um, you know, where and and because the playoffs are, are obviously going to happen in the second division. Now, I'm sure there's going to be players that still are not happy starting. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and, at, at all levels, and so we'll have to see how that uh, how that pans out, especially with the contract situations as well. You know, people are still going to be worried about getting injured in the playoffs, not getting taken on, yeah, and then not having a contract for the following season and, and basically be out of a job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Gary. It's always a pleasure. Um, I'll try and remember your name next week. OK, Bill. Well done, mate. <laughs> Cheers, mate. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Ta-da. Good chat with Gary Johnson. Richard, I'm Guy, by the way, in case you're, um, you're struggling with names this week. I, I, I was struggling with names when I spoke to uh, Peter the other day, didn't, wasn't I? <laughs> yes, oh, you <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, it's, it, these are strange, um, strange times do strange things to you, don't they? Oliver Holt, by the way, was the writer of that piece in the Sunday, uh, the Mail on Sunday. Uh, he, he used to work for the um, Mirror years ago. I didn't realise he'd gone to the, to the Mail on Sunday. And I sat behind him um, at St James's Park for the replay of Exeter versus Manchester United in the FA Cup. Okay. When uh, City was still non-league, uh, uh, Van Conference at the time, not Van Arama, uh, Nationwide Conference, yeah. I think. Blue Square. Uh, I sat it, behind yeah. him and watched. Yeah. Him, I sat behind him and watched him do his copy, and I learnt a lot that day. Really? I was just, just watching over his shoulder, watching over his shoulder as he uh, he um, he. he Got rid of chunks and added bits, and uh, I learned a lot that day. So, good, good writer. Good writer indeed, and, and interesting ideas. I mean, it's interesting for a newspaper column to create quite so much debate. I know we're starved of football news at the moment, but uh, to come up with a column which suggested, in case anybody hasn't caught up with it yet, suggested regionalising the National League and uh, League Two. Which would obviously, I mean, it ticks a lot of boxes for us coming from the, should we say, the lower end of the scale, but maybe not for teams up at the top. I think it ticks a lot of boxes for everyone in the National League because that's instant promotion into the EFL. Yeah. Um, and I think it also ticks a lot of boxes for some of the, the smaller clubs in League Two because regionalisation works for them. Mm. Um, the, the boxes, the teams that will have unticked boxes are the bigger teams in the lower echelons of the league um, and teams that would drop into that situation from, from above. Yeah. But essentially what he's saying, you would have the Premier League, uh, the Championship, uh, League One, and then underneath League One, you would have League Two South and League Two North. And I guess underneath that, then the non-league would start with Panorama yeah. National yeah. League South yeah. and Panorama National League North. I mean, it's very much what they do in Europe, isn't it? I know we're talking about bigger countries in Germany and France, but they regionalise quite high up the pyramid, don't they, in places like that? Yeah, and, uh, you know, 
regionalization has always been a topic that um, comes up once every two or three years, isn't it? I remember Mike Bateson was a, was a big advocate of regionalization, yeah. wanted, uh, you know, what, what would have been the third division then, Division Three, wanted that regionalised um, to basically save on costs, oh, yeah. hotel costs. I mean, you know, put, putting a whole squad in a hotel for a night is it, it, on top of a, a coach yeah. is, um, you know, an expensive business. And um, to get the best out of your team, you know, after a, a, a six, seven hour coach journey, quite yeah. often longer for Torquay, you know, to, to to expect them to just go out onto the pitch and then play their best is is, is is a big thing to expect. And so hotel rooms are expensive. Um, do you do it after the game so they're not getting home at four o'clock in the morning, you know, which which is often yeah. the case as well. You know, so, so regionalisation does make uh, good sense. And also, you know, if you're doing it this way, then, you know, Everyone becomes part of the football league as well, which uh, which Gary's been at, been calling for, like he said, the last eight weeks. It's yeah. almost his, his idea. It does. It, it, and if you're, I suppose, if you're in that box that's north of the M4, east of the M5, um, you're not really bothered because everything's pretty close together. But for those of us teams that are yeah. outside that box. It does, as you say, make a huge difference. Do you reckon that I've been busy enough this week to crunch the numbers and work out what teams would be in the uh, regionalised leagues? Of, of course you've done that, Guy. I have done um, that. I should have done it for the paper. <laughs> I ran out of time. I don't only do the Herald, as you know. So I ran out of time, but I should be using it next week, I think, if See. you've done it. Well, it, it does. actually, it splits quite nicely, although you would have to have one extra National League team in the South and one extra League Two team in the North to make it work. But oh, okay. Does it... A, does it um, have you done it with the teams are likely to go up from League Two? No, I haven't. I've done it with the... I've done it with the existing uh, leagues as they are at the yeah. moment. Yeah. So in our yeah. league would be, let's say, Aldershot, Barnet, Borehamwood, Bromley, Cambridge, Cheltenham... Colchester, Crawley, Dagenham and Redbridge, Dover, Eastleigh, Ebbsfleet, Exeter, Forest Green, Leighton Orient, Maidenhead, Newport, Plymouth, Stevenage, Sutton, Swindon, Woking and Yeovil. I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, you'd be spoilt for choice with your local derbies. And if there are teams coming up and down, the teams that are coming down from League One possibly South End and AFC Wimbledon would drop into that um, sort of southern section. Coming up yeah. from National League South, you've got the likes of Wealdstone, Haven't and Waterlooville, possibly even Weymouth and Bath. Um, wow. But, but you see, now the, the, the problem that you and Gary alluded to when you were chatting there, you've got a team like Plymouth, let's say, going great guns at the top of League Two, every chance of promotion. To be fair, Exeter as well. And they suddenly find themselves... Well, actually um, I, and then actually we'll, we'll have to play playoffs mm. but that's a by the by but I think that's what's going to happen but you, they would find themselves suddenly in a league with no disrespect to Wealdstone and Haven't and Waterlooville but you, yeah. you can see why it would jar a little bit for some of those bigger clubs can't you I think it would jar but then every every time there's some kind of reconstruction of or, or or changes to the league pyramid, it jars for someone and it, and it helps someone else out. So, um, you know, the, 
someone once said, didn't they? That you can't keep all the people happy all the time, or, or something true. like that. And I mean, as for the mileage, I've gone further, Richard. You'll be delighted to know. I was waiting a long oh, time I'll for somebody to. I was waiting a long time for somebody to ring me back, so I I did some number crunching. On Google Maps, if you'd done every away yes. trip this season, uh, from Plainmore, door-to-door, I reckon it's 10,300-odd miles, with the likes of you've got a 720-mile round trip to Hartlepool, 682 and from Barrow, 602 and from Harrogate, so you've got some ferociously long trips. If it, in the prototype regionalised league, you'd end up doing 7,800 odd miles. So you've saved two and a half thousand miles there at a time when we're all supposed to be travelling less. Makes much more sense. Think of the say, cost savings for all these teams as well. well cost savings for fans. Yeah. Um, cost savings for the club. Um, and again, you know, bringing up the hotel side of things, you know, much less need for hotel stays. Yeah, uh, a commer- a co- on a commercial f- or financial front, sorry, for, for football clubs, it makes ridiculous amounts of sense. However, you know, um, common sense doesn't always come to the fore, does it? That's true. There are still some stingers in there, mind you. A trip to Colchester and back is 530-odd miles. Dover is 520. Yeah. Cambridge is another 500-miler. So, you know, there are some, some long old trips in there, even if you are regionalised. But I, I just like the idea. It's, it'll come one day. It's bound to come one day. But look at the local derbies. You know, you've got yeah. Exeter and Plymouth. Well, OK, maybe that's not, not going to happen because Plymouth will go up and Exeter may go up. But um, you've got, you know, Swindon, you know. Yeah, Forest Green again. It, it, I always, Forest Green. I always find it difficult to call them local derbies. Yeah. We know they are. Yeah, Forest Green. You know, if you said to, 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 to an Oldham fan, you know, a, a game against Cheltenham, 140 miles away, is a, is, is you know, 120 miles away, whatever it is, is a local derby. They'd laugh at you, but you know, their local derbies are, yeah, everywhere mm. you know, within within the Greater Manchester area. And of course, if we get Forest Green back, we get um, top quality vegan catering on our away trip as well. I'm all for that. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. But there you go, some food for thought there. I think um, you know it's it's one of those things that they're going to have to look at very seriously uh, as things go ahead in the future. You know, with with the fuel becoming more and more expensive again one day, um, everybody's going to have to cut their uh, cut their cloth according to their budgets, aren't they? I mean, Oliver Holt did say that that he understood that uh, early discussions about this concept had taken place now you know that could be someone bringing it up in a meeting about something completely different and you yeah. know everyone else doing it you know we don't know but you know it's a good time to make changes isn't it it's it's, it's, it's the perfect time to make changes because is. nothing is normal at the moment so we you know maybe we could come out the other side with a with a with a fresh approach. Yeah. This phrase that people keep coming up with which we ought to fine everybody whenever they mention it is the new normal, isn't it? It's it's the buzz the phrase normal. at the moment, the new normal, but maybe no, that's, that's a terrible, terrible jazz band. <laughs> there you go. That's your next band. Richard Hughes and the new normal. The old normal. I can see that catching yeah. on. But just picking up on a couple of the other things that you spoke to Gary about in your chat as well, 
some teams returning to training, Premier League teams talking about returning to training, but then there have been some, well, they've they done have, yeah. positive they tests, have. haven't they? There have been teams that have returned yeah. positive tests. What? Um, what uh, a really, really interesting interview with, um, and it wasn't an interview actually, it was a, it was a, a piece about the fact that um, last week Troy Deeney was saying that he wouldn't return to training with, with small groups, which is what they were wanting them to do. Um, one of the reasons being that um, for uh, black players or black people, there is a, a higher uh, percentage of coronavirus yeah. um, recorded in the country. And, you know, he's got a six-month-old uh, child. Yeah. And he, he was using to go back. And, you know, at the time, people were saying, oh, he's overreacting. Well, now look at... Look, look at Watford and they've had three positive tests yeah. so he wasn't overreacting at all was he I mean he was being cautious and, and you know everyone needs to be a bit cautious about how we we come back into the the, the old normal from the new normal yeah it's going to be a wrench isn't it and a lot of people are not going to be happy about doing it in not just in football clubs but we're talking about classrooms we're talking about people having genuine and well founded unease about going back too soon Again, you know, uh, once training is up and running and, and a date for the resumption of football games uh, at different levels will, will be different dates, I should imagine, comes along, are we going to be able to go and watch those games? Well, it's doubtful, it's, isn't it? It is I doubtful, mean, yeah. You know, the longer this goes on, the lesser it looks like we'll be in play more. Mm, anytime so, soon. Uh, you know, anytime yeah. soon, even if, the, even if the season starts. And then that... There hangs the big question: Well, how do play, how do teams like Torquay and the smaller teams in, in in the National League survive if they're playing behind closed doors or they're asked to play behind closed doors uh, because no money's coming through the gate? No, no. I mean, the money coming through the gate and the bars. Um, you know, Torquay took back ownership of the, of the bar from from a, from, a, from leaseholder uh, situation. You know, so. Purely because you know they can make money out of the bar, so yeah. it's 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 gonna be, every week there is there. We thought that we're gonna have nothing to talk about, didn't we? Really? No, it's true. You're right, and every week it throws something else at us, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Because interestingly, obviously the Bundes, Bundesliga has gone back. Um, Bundesliga games being played behind closed doors. Uh, Leagues one and two, Bundesliga one and two in Germany went back last weekend. Do you watch any of those games? you catch any of that? Uh, I've never watched a full live Bundesliga game before, and I watched four over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it was a straight, um, very, very strange, very subdued atmosphere. The players reacted differently, I thought. There wasn't a great deal of, um, of diving going on. There was, you know, the, the, the players' reaction to the referee was very different, I thought, because they're, uh, they're not reacting to the crowd, are they? Uh, they're not reacting to the crowd. Um, celebrations for goals were weird, weren't they? Yes, you know, they were. Yeah, yeah. Celebrations. That's that's a new one. Um, it, the, the sound as well. You know, the we've all been to Talk United reserve games when there's twelve people in the stand, and you can hear the you know uh, or a youth game, and you can hear the, the the manager and the coaches shouting and it echoing around. Yeah. Well, that's what it sounded like. Now, that's obviously not. Not very good for television. No, but um, 
but it's the same it's the same as lockdown everybody says they're noticing the bird song now and that kind of thing you can notice the bits we spoke didn't we three or four weeks ago about the joy of hearing the ball hit the net which you don't usually hear well you were hearing you were hearing the strike of the ball from the foot yeah in, in the games on telly I and mean, that was weird to hear. you don't hear that because i was in the don't. crowd noise and i was i was, I was sort of watching the game thinking that, that's a really strange thing to hear um i did enjoy it though and you know um it proves that it can work at that level because obviously you know uh television money dictates that level and so that's why it's all come back yeah but, um television money also means that they can do it without without crowds going into the yeah. stadiums I think they were a bit worried about crowds outside stadiums but that didn't happen did it no, so you no. know it all went quite well and, and, and I really enjoyed some of the games and you know I, I'm I know you like your European football you and Dave used to talk about it quite a lot I don't know anything about European football I just concentrate on English football and, and you know and um uh, when they're in the Champions League, then I, I get yeah. used to those teams. But any 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 other team that are outside of that sphere, I don't really know much about them at all. And I, I really enjoyed it, and you know, saw some some good goals and some good players. That, that Haaland looks like a he's a great a player, player, isn't he? I did, mention, I did mention him to Gary, and I don't think he's got the budget, but he might send Pete over there just to have a look. Yeah, just 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 to take a look at him. Do you have a chosen Bundesliga team? Are you um, are you supporting one above others? Well, you see, my politics would dictate that I'm a, a St. Pauli fan, but are they in the Bundesliga? They're not. No, the, anymore? the teams that I follow keep slipping out of the Bundesliga. Kaiserslautern got relegated. St. Pauli got relegated. So um, both of those are sitting in Bundesliga 2 at the moment. Union Berlin I, I, is my chosen I, I like, team. I was, well, I was just about to say, I like the, I like the, the sound of Union Berlin just because of the name. I think it's quite a Quirky yeah. little name, so I'll, I'll go with them. Union Berlin, I, I, it was the team that I picked, and they, that game with Bayern Munich was very poor, I thought, and Bayern Munich just overwhelmed them. So uh, I'm looking forward to the Berlin derby yeah. Friday night. It's Hertha versus Union. Uh, if anybody is looking for a game to watch on the TV tomorrow night, Hertha versus Union should be a decent one. Uh, I don't know if you saw Pointless two or three weeks ago, but um, Union Berlin was a pointless answer for them to win the win the jackpot was it really um, I think it was uh, yeah it was um, teams that were in the second division of the, the Bundesliga last season oh, and uh, the chap you, you would have loved that you would have nailed that but the chap didn't know much about uh, the second division but he knew that Union Berlin had gone up this season so he went for them and it was pointless good thinking oh well done that's good. Of course, the other big TV event of the week has been Harry's Heroes. Have you seen any of that? I haven't, no. Um, very, very no, good. Could I, I be watching it? Well, yeah. It, it's, I've seen the trailer. It's good in a very unexpected way. I mean, the football content is, right. is entertaining, but, um, you know, these characters from the mid to late 90s England squad, life hasn't been kind to um, quite a few of them. And it's been inter- interesting to see, you know, what they've made of that and, you know, sort of, sort of the way people have coped with what life's thrown at them or the choices that they've made. Um, it's very interesting. It's long, mind you. It's four and a half hours of it. It's three nights of an hour and a half a night. There's a lot of TV to absorb there. But Lee Sharp is in it as well. Lee Sharp, you'll be delighted to hear that Lee Sharp seems to have come through pretty much unscathed. He looks to be in decent shape and he's playing decent football. So, um Sharpie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the original version of Love Island, didn't he? When it was uh, when Love Island was, was 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 originally started, it was a celebrity thing rather than uh, as it became uh, open to the public. But he was, I think, he was on the first ever ever series. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Playing, 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 uh, playing the the, uh, the peacemaker. I think uh, as uh, as Paul Denand went mental. <laughs> Sharpie comes across very well in it. Yeah, I'd recommend it. If you haven't seen it, it's probably sitting on a, a hub or a player or something somewhere. It's um, it's well worth a look. Very, very interesting stuff. Some of your favourite footballers from the mid-90s as you haven't seen them before. Worth a look. So that brings brings us to the J team. Thanks again for Jay for Julian for um, sort of pointing us in the direction of quite a lot of these players. As you'll know, if you've been following us over the last few weeks, we've got... Um, We've got teams from almost every letter of the alphabet. We only managed three players beginning with I last week, but they were interesting ones nonetheless. Nobody's come up with that Blue Tones um, instrumental, Ivar Ingemarsson, as far as I can tell. But I, I'm, I still have hopes that somebody will come up with that. So the J have team... Have No, I haven't. I should do, really. I wonder if we can pick it up somewhere. Would be good. Okay, the J team begins in goal with Stuart Jones. Stuart Jones, who was the goalkeeper for the Battle of Barnet. Saved a penalty, of course, in that game and uh, was put in by Colin Lee only an hour and a half before the game, by all accounts. Uh, He he says that in an interview after the game on YouTube. Um, uh, Of course, Ryan Northmore had been playing. They were interchangeable that season, uh, Ryan Northmore and Stuart Jones. Um, and I think everyone expected Ryan Northmore to be the goalkeeper. But Colin Lee said he had a dream the night before that, that, that Stuart Jones would, would save a penalty. And she duly did. What a game that was. And he duly did. Uh, yeah, Stuart Jones, 2000 to 2002. He came from Sheffield Wednesday. He went on to play for Brighton and Doncaster afterwards. But a good, really good workmanlike <laughs> goalkeeper. I don't remember him playing for Brighton. That's- yeah, he went. I, I, can't, I, 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 would, I wouldn't have been able to say what happened to him after Torquay, to be fair. I think he no, spent okay, a little bit of time in, in non-league, but he came back again. He, he, got, um, he got another few games in the league, if I've noted that down rightly. I might have another look and check that. Sure. But, uh, yeah, good, he, good. He actually, I watched that game the other week. Um, he actually made two or three really good saves in that game as well. He did. Um, when, obviously, you know, Torquay were ahead and... Uh, and any kind of comeback would have would have been damaging. Uh, he did he did really well. He did did good good game and um, yeah that's one of the uh, one of the milestones for any talkie supporter that one May two thousand and one Battle of Barnet into the defence we got a three man a three man defence which uh, players a couple of players who didn't play for very long for us one player who did Graham Jones defender who was at Playmore from 1979 to 1983 uh, he was a contemporary of Brian Wilson played alongside him in the defence 131 games and 6 goals from defence always like to give uh, goal scoring defenders a bit of kudos uh, 6 goals during his time at Playmore he's alongside a player called Joe Jopling who played six games, 73-74, on loan from Leicester. Uh, only played six games for us, but he went on to play 370-odd games for Aldershot. So he's a big... Wow. Uh, a big okay. that's, that's, that's some record, 
yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a big hero up at Aldershot, which is kind of everybody's second team Aldershot, aren't they? Anyway, so um, yeah, he went on to a good I, place. No, there. I, I, no, I didn't like him. Do you don't like him? Okay. No, I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> Any particular reason for that? Have they done you wrong over the years? Completely irrational, but I just don't like Aldershot. OK, I'll bear that in mind. I think there's another Aldershot <laughs> player coming up in a minute as well, so um, yeah, I'll, we'll go over him uh, carefully. And uh, also in defence, a player called Tyrone James, who was at Playmore 82-83. I don't remember him at all, I have to say. No, I, I don't either. How many games did he play? 13. 13 games, one goal. Um, sounds like a loan spell, doesn't it? But uh, I'm not sure. It does. Not sure about him at all, yeah, but at all. some much better known players in the midfield. We'll start with Ryan Jarvis, Good. who's playing in the midfield. Could play up front, but he's um, he's playing in the midfield. Ryan Jarvis, player who played a lot of games for Norwich. Uh, he was the youngest Norwich player. He was the youngest Norwich goal scorer. Played for England under 16, under 17, under 19 levels. And uh, came to us uh, for 2011 to 2013. Lot was expected of Ryan Jarvis, you know, and and to be fair, he scored eleven goals in fifty-seven games for us. Was in the team that got to the playoffs in two thousand and twelve. So uh, yeah, good, really good, skillful player. In a way, maybe more suited to um, the the higher leagues than the lower leagues. I always felt Ryan Jarvis. You know, he was a bit of a one of those players that, that falls into the gap where I was away. So I don't know too much about him. But what I will say is that every time Torquay were linked with or signed a player from Norwich City, our former colleague David Thomas would get very excited, wouldn't he? He would indeed, a big big Norwich fan. But yeah, good player Jarvis. few goals, he went on to play for York and the Shots. Went to play for Aldershot after he left Torquay. Oh. Well. I think this may be the last time we mention Aldershot this week. Just scanning through my notes, I haven't written Aldershot down anywhere else, so I think you're okay. Alongside Ryan Jarvis in the midfield, the first of the players we mentioned, black chap by the name of Cliff Jackson. Cliff yes, Jackson. Well, a name. Yeah, yeah. Now, what a, what a player he was. He was at playing more 1970 to 1974, 139 games, 15 goals. Um, he was, Bert Head, the manager, he was one of those players who got taken around by a manager. He'd been at Swindon with Bert Head. He went to Argyle. Um, Bert Head took him to Crystal Palace where he was top scorer uh, in the Crystal Palace team in the first division in 1969 so you know good wow. good player and then we signed him yeah. we signed him pretty much the next season back in the days when players would um, sort of play down through the divisions maybe when they were coming towards the end of their careers but he had another four years in him at Plainmore big hero for the Plainmore fans I remember watching him play a lot uh, sadly, died in 2018, Cliff Jackson, so he's no longer with us. But uh, one of those names that always crops up when you talk to people about the great players now, from the 70s. Now, just before my time, really, just before I can remember players. Um, so I never saw him, I, I don't think. But um, but yeah, what a, what a player. I mean, it's, uh, that's someone worthy of a, a place in this team. Yeah, part of one of those real swashbuckling teams from the early 70s, which is kind of when I started going. So... They all seemed like good teams back then when I was about 10 yeah. or 11 years old. But uh, good. I think I started going when I was about seven. I was plonked on a... So that would have been, that would have been seven, sort of mid-77, 78, I would say. 
Um, if I did go earlier, I can't really remember. You know that everyone says, oh, I can remember my first game. People always say, oh, I can yeah. I can't. No, neither can game. I. Neither can I. I'm the same as you. I can remember it was in the 67-68 season, almost certainly. I can remember what the programme looked like. It had a picture of the goalkeeper on the front um, in a, one of those 1960s quilted goalkeeper's jerseys. I remember that. Lovely. Um, but I have no idea who it was against. It was probably late in Orient. might no, even I, have been Aldershot. I, I, I remember that... Um... I used to, on a, on a Saturday when my dad was off to football with my granddad, uh, kick up a stink because I wanted to go. And, and, and they they obviously didn't want me uh, destroying their fun. No. Put it that way. Uh, um, being around and being a pain. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think it, it was a little while before I was allowed to go. And then I think my mum convinced them to take me in the end. And I, I took my my place in more or less the same place as, uh, as I sit with my dad nowadays. So sort of between my, my dad and my granddad, and it would have been about 77. That's when I, that's when I first started going. Um, I think my dad, my dad was heavily involved with the club. He was secretary of the supporters club for a while. Yeah. And I think he was, well, with the, I think the supporters club ran the bar underneath the grandstand, if I remember rightly. And so I think he went, he often went in there and did a shift behind the bar after games. I think that, I think I stopped that. Yeah, <laughs> put a stop to all that. Okay, the yeah, next player, gonna... next player in our midfield is one from this very season who I thought looked a decent player. Lloyd James played five games on loan from yeah. Forest Green. I think he was. It was unfortunate that he arrived at a time when we were in a bit of a a bit of a slump, weren't we? Around then, we'd had a lot of injuries. He was one of the players that was brought in to try and get us through that um, that period when we had a lot of players out of the side. Um, and he had a particularly difficult afternoon up at Yeovil on Boxing Day, if I remember rightly. I wasn't there. You, you were there? I was there. Yeah, I was there standing, yeah. shivering in the pouring rain in the away end. The uncovered away end. Honestly, it's barbaric up there at Yeovil. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, he had a bad game that afternoon. I don't think we saw the best of him. That's our usual euphemism for a player that um, that hasn't really tick the boxes for us but I thought he was quite decent and I wonder where he is now I wonder did he go back to Forest Green I wonder if he got released by Forest Green I wonder where he's going now I'll have to have a look but uh, one of those well, players that you thought who knows where, anyone, who, who knows where anyone's going <laughs> yeah. at the moment Guy it's such an odd situation until until League 2 sort out this, or, or League 2 sort out their decision on what they're going to do about the playoffs League 1 decide what they're going to do about the future of League 1 yeah. you know, who knows who's going anywhere because contracts are still being held at the moment yeah but he was when you saw the first time you saw him play you thought oh he's got something he's decent but then on boxing day if you were going to bang a few of their heads together he he would have been one of them so um, right okay yeah, yeah. that's a, we'll move I, I, I remember him coming but I, I i don't really have that much didn't stand out for me uh, obviously i've probably confused him with somebody else you know what i'm like but uh, yeah, anyway. no, i'm sure you haven't Moving on to somebody that you could not possibly confuse with anybody else in your midfield, Sean Joyce is the next midfield player, a, a mighty Turkey player. Every now and again, came on a free from Doncaster. He was at Plainmore from '88 to '93. Played 194 games. That I think is the most of anybody in this J team. Yes, it is. 194 games. He played in the Sherpa Van Trophy final at Wembley. 
played in the 91 playoff final at Wembley uh, and has gone on to be a luminary, let's say, of the local non-league game, hasn't he, in Devon? I uh, obviously uh, work, uh, uh, we do the um, the North Devon Journal as well and um, he's the manager of Biddeford, has been for 20-odd years. Yeah, it's a long um, time, isn't it? A, a mainstay of that club and uh, basically Mr Biddeford, really. Uh, I speak to him occasionally um, for the paper when, when, when our writer Lee is, is away. Lee normally speaks to him every week. And really nice bloke. He's a window cleaner in Torquay. Is he? Or he, he was. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, I, I don't know if he's still doing it, but I, but I know that um, one of the older chaps who sits with my dad... Um, I, I'm the spring chicken in, in the, the row of the five of us in the grand band. We did work out the age of, the, of us all once, and it was it was way into the 400s, I think. No, no, not quite that high, but it's, it was uh, uh, high enough. Um, uh, Terry, I think, is in his, in his 80s. <laughs> it's like his 60th season. Um, but uh, David, uh, who, who's one of the younger of the, uh, the older chaps, uh, is, uh, lives up in Ilsham and uh, John Joyce I think is still his window cleaner you okay. has uh, got a good patch up in Ilsham it is your, uh, your corner of playing was a bit like an episode of Last of the Summer Wine isn't it it is <laughs> I, I often feel like I'm the one in the bath heading down the hill <laughs> at some speed I played against Sean Joyce only once uh, in the seven asides down at Clennam Valley many many years ago and I think it was playing against Sean that uh, made me realise that my days in the seven aside league were numbered you come up against uh, a player who's that good and you think I, I can't do this every week he's, um, he's running rings he, around he was, me he was a good player wasn't he yeah he was a good player. absolutely really really good player uh, and completing the midfield is a player called Brian Johnson uh, who came on loan to us from Plymouth Argyle. Uh, he was 78, okay. uh, he only played seven games, but he was part of that Argyle team with Paul Mariner, uh, Billy Rafferty. You know, he was in that 75 Argyle team that uh, got promoted. Really good uh, player. Interesting story about him. Again, these come from Wikipedia, so they haven't been checked, but apparently, according to Wikipedia, he got injured in a clash of heads during a training game. Uh, when he was at Argyle, he was playing a game for Torquay, headed the ball, suffered some pain when he headed the ball and retired from the game at the age of 26, which is very, very wow. early. But uh, interesting character. I do remember him playing and uh, Julian has uh, supplied us with a, a little bit of programme notes about Brian Johnson as well. So good player, but he, obviously the, the best of his football was played down at Argyle. Isn't there another famous Brian Johnson? Who am I trying to think of? John is the commentator. Yeah, of course. There oh, you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not. Yeah. Okay, so uh, two great players up front. Then one who we, we haven't even seen the best from yet. Seku Jane is up front for us. Okay. Young yeah. lad, forty-four games for us so far in a couple of loan spells. Um, second one blighted by injury and getting himself sent off at home to Chesterfield just before Christmas, but. Um, Partnership with Jamie Reid, certainly in the first loan spell. What a player he's going to be, Seiko Jane, if he can stay fit and if he gets plenty of football. Well, he um, he had a great partnership with Reid, didn't he, in that he uh, National South Championship 
the season. They were they were brilliant together, unplayable for some of those defences at times. And then he went back to Bristol City, didn't he? And he went on. Um, he he wasn't going to come back to Torquay. I think they wanted him because they like him there a lot. Yeah. Um, and he's only eighteen or nineteen, maybe nineteen now. But um, and uh, they they wanted him to to play a little bit higher up in the the pyramid. And I think, if my memory serves me right, he went on trial pre-season at Newport County with a view to going on loan there. And that's where he got his injury, didn't he? And he was out for months. He was, yeah. Um, then when he came back, um, we were able to take him on loan then. It's, he's one of those players that when football finally resumes and he gets a run in somebody's first team, whether it's ours, whether it's Newport's, whether it's Bristol City, wherever it is that he ends up, he's just going to be such a good player. He's got the strength, he's got the work rate, he's finishing. You know, when he gets a, a run of games, he gets a run of goals, he's just going to be unplayable, isn't he? Yeah, no, he's a really good player. I really like him. He's sharp, he's, he's attack-minded, isn't he? I mean... And, and he enjoyed himself here. You, you could tell that, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. It'd be lovely to see him back one day, wouldn't it, under some circumstances? But I suspect... It would. I doubt we will do, though. I think he's of an age now where if he's going to progress, he has to either go to someone, maybe <coughs> League One, uh, on loan, or, or actually even start taking a place on the bench at yeah. uh, Bristol City and see, seeing if he can uh, break into the first team. Because, you know... Um, He's a decent talent. He is. He's going to become very expensive very quickly, isn't he? Yeah. In transfer terms. Um, and obvious, obviously the management team, with a, a nod to a manager called Bob John, who was the manager for a while in 1950, um, we can't go look any further than the brothers Johnson, can we? Gary Johnson as manager, Peter Johnson, his brother, who's our scout at the moment. Uh, Gary's win percentage, I mean, it, it's way over 50% win percentage. I mean, obviously, the, the season in National League South, then moving into the National League, 43 wins in 79 games. I mean, it, it's been seldom over the years of Talkie United that you've had a manager who's been quite so universally liked, uh, approved by everybody around the club. I mean, Gary doesn't need us to do his publicity for him, but I mean, he is a very popular guy. He's a very, very good manager, isn't he? Um, when when he was appointed, it, it shut a few people up, didn't it? It did. It did. Yeah, uh, Helen Chamberlain no, did. Mean? Yeah, did tweeted, and, and I think her tweet was just Gary Johnson. Bloody hell. And that was uh, that was that was the tweet, and that was kind of the reaction that you got from a lot of people in football, wasn't it? That Torquay had the yeah. ambition. I mean, the thing is, every club has its doubters and its the people who who always see the negative, and you know that's part of football and that's part of life, and you know everyone's welcome to their opinion. Um, so for those people to suddenly go, oh, <laughs> hang on a minute. This that means business. We yeah. Really and then for him to, to, you know, bring promotion and a title, albeit seven, you know, uh, uh, south of the, the National League, uh, there is that caveat. But, but in yeah. his first season, extraordinary. And, you know, uh, last season, the curtailed last season, Ups and downs, ups and downs, but you know there were there were moments there where where he made Torquay look like a, 
amazing team. And, you know, you forget how old some of these players are. I think I think Martin Gritton nailed it when, when he spoke to us a couple of weeks ago, saying that, you know, Gary Gary's can, can get belief out of teams that yeah. they are good yeah. enough to be winners. And, uh, you know, when you've got a young team and they go on an eight-game, seven-eight-game winning streak like, like we did last season... Um, and eventually it will run out and, you know, and, and sometimes when heads go down, you know, that, 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 that doesn't, doesn't work out. But, no. but if any manager can get uh, a young team going on a winning streak, it's going to be Gary Johnson. And so I uh, can't wait to see how, uh, how things turn out once we're back at having another go at the, the conference. Well, that's, that's going to be the big test. It's going to be a big test for a lot of managers up and down all the leagues is to reconstruct a team, to pull the team back together, to get a team match fit and ready to play as and when football starts again. And you kind of feel like Torquay's in pretty safe hands. Uh, if you wanted somebody to be in charge of doing that for your team, you'd be pretty happy with Gary and with Aaron and with Peter and with Kai and, you know, the, the, the Louis and that the, the team behind the scenes is the right team, isn't it? I saw Kai walking along Babacom the other day. He was social distancing. <laughs> I'm very pleased um, to hear it. He must be with his wife or girlfriend. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, saw him. Um, saw someone else. Uh, Jake Andrews running. Yeah. I saw him recently running as well. Good. We're running well? Running running easily? Running a, a nice bit of style? Running very well. Good. good running good. strong. Good. Yeah. So we'll have to we'll have to do this. We'll have to have some um, some podcast reports. If we bump into any of the players out and about, or see them out and about, we'll um, check their fitness for you. So are we finished with with Jay then? I think we're finished with Jay. Rodney Jack? No, we're not finished with Jay. I jumped. I, I was going to come <laughs> back to Rodney Jack. Well done. That's just the equivalent of you forgetting everybody's name, isn't it? I thought he's forgotten Rodney Jack. I, 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 I was going to come back. Just leaving the best last. I was going to come back to Rodney Jack, but I'd already moved on in my head to something else. Of course, Rodney Jack. One of those can I, players. Can I, just say, can, I just, can I just say, who could forget Rodney Jack? Me. I. I do you know. I. I want. <laughs> Playing in a match in the Torbay Quiz League, I once forgot which club we signed him from as well, which nobody ever let me forget. So Lambarda, let's mention that right now. But, I mean, there, when you talk about Torquay United players, there are probably half a dozen players that every fan will go, yeah, Rodney Jack or yeah, Mark Loram. And, and you know, he's, he's just one of those players in the history of the club that does stand out, which makes it all the more extraordinary that I was about to end the podcast without talking about him. But... <laughs> We signed him in signed him in ninety five. Dono Reardon picked him up. Um, you know there was that um, that conduit, if you like, from Lambarda, which brought us Gregory Goodridge, uh, and then brought us Rodney Jack. Um, it's, it's it's just hard to know where to start with him. He played one hundred and five games for Torquay, which is more than I thought. He played a lot of games for Torquay. Twenty eight goals. Didn't he get two when we beat Fulham up at Playmore? We beat Fulham, I think, in a don't league game. That. Don't remember that. Um, he, the, the, the goals that I remember, and obviously you can watch on YouTube, but those two goals against Scarborough in the playoff the, semi-final the, uh, the, yeah, the, the, uh, that we, we should have really gone up automatically. Yeah. But lost uh, Jason Roberts 
the wrong time. We did. Um, and the sheer speed of him as well. The angle is, it's, it is incredible. Um, you know, he put us 2-0 two, two up in that second. There was a second leg. I think we'd won 3-1 away anyway, hadn't we? So Yeah. It was a great game. So, um, Steve McCall scored a great goal in that game as well, but we'll come to him a little bit later in the alphabet. But Rodney was so fast, so skillful, um, a great finish. Almost impossible to interview as well, by the way. Did you ever try and chat to, uh, to Rodney for a piece for the paper or anything? No, before my days uh, of, of journalism, so I didn't. But um, I gather he was quite shy. He was he's a very, very shy. For a player who was so good, he was a very, very shy chap. So, um, yeah, it, was, it, it wasn't the greatest interview subject, but let's say he let the football do the talking. And Talkie sold him for £650,000. Lot of money, and then he, uh, he he became a hero at Crew as well. Really, he did. didn't he? He did. He played. He played 188 games for Crew, so he, you know, still living up that way. I think as well. He played for Rushton and Diamonds. He played for Oldham. Played for Waterford in Ireland for a little while as well. Played all over the place. Played for St Vincent and the Grenadines. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was he was already an international by the time we we got him. Yeah. Would, would that be one of the few? players that wasn't international while he was at Torquay yeah there are, haven't been very many um, yeah there have been a few I mean Tony Beddo played international games didn't he Rodney Jack yeah, played international yeah. uh, Jimmy Dunn played for the Republic of Ireland well. but uh, yeah there haven't been very many that's for sure but yeah, how could I see I, I got Rodney Jack penciled in for the finale for the podcast and I jumped across it I, I might as well resign now you, you can take over the podcast now Richard I, I, my work here is done but what a great player I used to feel too bad um, and I enjoyed reminding you <laughs> so that that now is the J team we're done with the J team on to K next week we'll have music next week by the way one of the players whose name begins with K has a place in the Guinness Book of Records. We won't spoil it for you in case you don't uh, already know that one. And local musician called uh, Ian Churchwood has written a song about him. And we'll have that in the podcast next week. Very well. Yeah. yeah, I was there that day, you know. I was there when the Guinness record was written. And I can tell you... Well, but we'll save that. I know. Well, uh, he was in a band called the Morrisons years ago. Who I uh, yeah. I hung around with as a sixteen-year-old. Uh, one of his, one of we've got two of his tunes to play you as the weeks go on, but one of them comes up next week. Excellent. And on that note, Excellent. on that note, we'll uh, we'll leave you. Um, I hope the podcast has found I, you I, and I, yours I, well. I was just going to say we 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 didn't mention Davy Jones either. Davy the, Jones uh, in, in the uh, in the team from Brixham. Played one game in 1972. Really? He's still got his own locker yeah. as well. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> I don't remember Davy Jones at all. He's probably still out there somewhere. No, I don't think Jones. <laughs> <laughs> still monkeying around. That's enough puns for one week. Enough dad jokes for any podcast. Richard, thanks. <laughs> and thank you to all the, all the listeners out there, as ever. Come on, you yellows. You have been listening to the Devon Live Herald Express Talkie United Yellow Army podcast, recorded weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. 
You can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website and you can subscribe to us at iTunes. Please leave a review wherever you see us. We welcome all feedback, uh, whether positive or negative. We always like to know what you think of the Yellow Army podcast. Please join us next time.